If you would, please turn your Bible to Proverbs chapter 11. Proverbs chapter 11. We'll just look at one verse today. Chapter 11 and verse 2. It says this. When pride comes, then comes dishonor. But with the humble is wisdom. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you for your word. Lord, you know that I am not worthy to stand before these gracious people, especially on this topic. Lord, you know my own heart. But, Lord, your word needs to be proclaimed. Lord, may we be faithful to adhere to your word. And, Lord, I pray that you would examine our hearts, examine my heart. See if there's any wicked way in me. Lord, just expose that to us as well. That we can be pure, that we can be cleansed. As as, uh, Justin mentioned, that we would be sanctified set apart for your use. Lord, we thank you for the cleansing power of your word. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. We've been looking through the book of Proverbs, and it's a joy to do that. God works through the circumstances of our life to produce righteousness, producing righteousness, and he is active in our life. But he also wants us to live a life of faith, and that faith is in Him and in His Word and and heeding His Word, heeding the warnings of His Word. And the book of Proverbs is full of warnings. It's full of warnings. That's what wisdom is, isn't it? We mentioned that last week. Wisdom is just heeding the warnings of of God. Uh, And last week we we mentioned, uh, we looked at the Proverbs uh, concerning money. Know that someday we will give an account before God. Um, Another warning that we have to address, and and that is the warning of pride. The Bible has a lot to say about pride. And what we find that it is more deadly than money. We sometimes won't see that. We see money can be as being corrupt and, and dangerous. But pride is so much more dangerous. There's so much more subtle danger in pride. And in one sense, there's really no need to say any more. We see pride. We know what it is. We can see it in other people. And and we really don't need to say much about it. That's kind of surface. We need to see what the Scriptures say about pride. Even a a quick survey of Scripture, we know. Uh, We know that, uh, and you could see this on the board. I I think I've put it a few uh, verses on there. Pride is... A sin. It's a sin. If you look at uh, Proverbs chapter 21, verse 4, he says, Haughty eyes and a proud heart. There it is. The lamp of the wicked is sin. That's the, the very eye, and everything that they see from that lens is a sin. We know in Proverbs chapter 6, verse 16, that then God hates that. Okay? We see that Proverbs, uh, that what Proverbs, Pride is a sin and God hates it. He says in verse 16, chapter 6, verse 16, there is six things that the Lord hates. Yes, seven are an abomination to him. The very first thing is haughty eyes. Haughty eyes. It's a sin. God hates it. And we see it jump to the New Testament. We can see in 2 
Timothy chapter 3, verse 2, that, that it will increase in the latter days. The end of time, pride is going to increase. We know that we can see it in other people, but it's hard to see in ourselves. There's a, a self-deceptiveness about pride. We can see that in Jeremiah. If you want to turn to Jeremiah chapter 17, this is an important uh, passage. We won't spend much time here, but you need to know this verse. Jeremiah 17 and verse 9 says, The heart is more deceitful than all else and is desperately sick. Who can understand it? That's just sin in general. He goes on to say in chapter 49 and verse 16, he talks about the deception of your pride. Your pride has deceived you. He says the arrogance of your heart has deceived you. And Obadiah Chapter 1, verse 3 says the same thing. Your pride has deceived you. There's a deceptive element to pride. And therein, I think, lies the danger. I think that's the the biggest danger is that it is self-deceiving. It's a self-deceiving sin. Paul talks about some sins are evident right away. But other sins, you're not going to see until later. The evidence of that sin is going to come later. So we need to be warned, right? We see the warning, just the general warning in, in Scripture. And here's the principle. Pride dishonors the glory of God and the proud heart is inconsistent with those who claim the name of Christ. Let me read it again. Pride dishonors the glory of God, and a proud heart is inconsistent with those who claim the name of Christ. Now, this this raises, or it should raise, some more questions. And we need to know a little bit more about pride. Because pride is deceptive. How do we know if we have it? How do we know if we're not just blinding ourselves to our own pride? How do we know if we're not just living out our life with the eyes of, of pride? And every and it corrupts everything else then. And we can suspect it. We can say, oh, we might see a few symptoms here or there. But how do we know? This is flu season and we're kind of in the throes of that. We see that. And to diagnose, being diagnosed with the, the flu, I mean, you can feel some symptoms, but you have to go to the doctor. The doctor has to test that, and, and it has to be confirmed, right? It has to be a, a reality. This is what's going on. And I can assure you that we have all been tested positive for pride. We all have it. We all have it. But the real question then becomes, and this is the, the main question, is how do we see pride in ourselves and how do we get rid of it? What do we do with this, this pride problem, this, this disease of the heart of pride? Now, if you go to the doctor, he would maybe ask you a series of questions. How are you feeling? And he would diagnose some symptoms, but he would have to take a culture, put it in a Petri dish, let it... Uh, grow a little bit and, and, and see, then look at, un, look under a microscope and he would identify that. That's what we see from your body. And this is the picture of what this flu virus looks like, this strain of flu. And he'd put two together, compare the two, and that would be truth. That would be reality. And there would be a confirmation. Yes, you have, you have the flu or you have a coronavirus is a, 
a big thing that's going on now. There has to be an objective standard. We have a, a cousin, Ruthie's cousin. He works with cancer. And his job is, he doesn't really see patients. All his job is, is, is looking under the slide and confirming these different cancers in different bodies. That's what he does. How do you remember all these? And he says, well, there's a book. But he says, you just get used to them. You see them so much that you can say, yeah, this is this, is this form of cancer. But for us now, in a spiritual virus, all we can do, uh, this spiritual pride, is, is ask questions of ourselves. We'd have to examine ourselves. Nobody else can do that. Nobody can, can see your heart. I can't do that. We, we might uh, answer or ask some questions, but we have to look inside. And there's a few questions I want to ask us ourselves today that we would, we would just, for purposes of self-examination, and the first question is, what is pride? What is pride and, and how does it affect our life? Okay, that's a legitimate question. That's kind of a, a common question. What is it? What does it look like? What does it look like? If you go back to our passage, Proverbs chapter 11, verse 2, we see the first indication, when pride comes, then comes dishonor. Whatever it is, it's, it's not honorable. It brings dishonor upon the person, whoever has it. It's, it's just dishonorable. So we can, we can conclude that. And we see the effects. But the, the word pride here means to boil over, to bubble up. When I was growing up, I'd like to watch my mom boil potatoes, right? You make mashed potatoes and you'd have to boil them. And it would be my job to watch those potatoes and make sure they what? Wouldn't boil over. That's what they do, right? And so what I would do, and I love this, when they would, I'd get close to the top, I would blow on those bubbles and those bubbles would, and there's really nothing much in the pot. It just, it would just bubble over and it looks like there's, you know, there's a whole lot in the pot, but there's really not much there. And you could do the same with rice. But this is a, a bubbling up, a boiling over of self. Self. That's what it is. And that's a good understanding of pride. Pride essentially is an, an exaggerated opinion of oneself that is not consistent with reality. <laughs> it's not really there. It's just a, a bunch of bubbles. It's just bubbling up of self. You get the picture. And the effects of that is, is first of all, we see is, is dishonor. If you look over in Mark chapter 7, let me point this verse out to you. But This is Christ. This is what... Christ said, Mark chapter 7, specifically about pride. There's some other sins here, but Mark chapter 7, verse 20, he says this. And he said, he was saying, that which proceeds out of the mouth, that is what defiles the man. And he gives a list of those things that come out of the, of the mouth, out of the heart. And he says in verse 22, deeds of coveting and wickedness, as well as deceit, sensuality, envy, slander, pride, and foolishness. Pride is part of that. That comes out of the heart. Notice that it resides there. That's where the contaminant is. It's a heart disease. If you turn over to Daniel, there's another verse that would just be good to be aware of. Daniel chapter 5. Here's a good description of this heart that's diseased. Verse 20 but when his heart, and this is King Nebuchadnezzar, his heart was lifted up 
And his spirit became so proud. The word proud there literally is strong. It became strong. Then, it says, became strong or proud that he, that he behaved arrogantly. That arrogant behavior came from a diseased heart that was strong and hardened by pride, by the disease of pride. And that's, and then the, then the behavior is seen. The arrogance is seen. Uh, it leads to other sins as well. We need to be aware that it's a heart disease and it stems from there. It comes out of that heart, that heart that is strong, that has, that has set itself against something else. It's me, my way, and it's full of self, self. David has a good description of this in the Psalms, Psalm chapter 10 and verse 4, just to make you aware of this verse. The, the wicked, in the haughtiness of his countenance, does not seek God. So this heart disease, it causes them to, to not seek after God any longer. It kind of halts that. It pulls back. And then he goes on. He says, all his thoughts are, here it is, there is no God. He is independent of God. I've got my own will. I've got my own way. I'm going to do whatever I want to do. And he's full of self and self just bubbles up. Just bubbles up. He's not pursuing God any longer. He's stopped. He's independent of God. Who is God? Who is God? And that same attitude we see in Isaiah chapter 14. You'll find this familiar passage as well. Isaiah chapter 14, verse 12. How have you, how you have fallen from heaven, O star of the morning, son of the dawn. You have been cut down to the earth. You who are wicked, um, you have weakened the nations. But you have said in your heart, this is the heart of pride. Now, here's the attitude. I will ascend to heaven. I will rise Raise my throne above the stars of God. I will sit on the mount of the assembly in the recesses of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will make myself like the most high. That's the attitude. And what you see there is a heart that's full of self and that has essentially dethroned God. Taking God off the throne and put self on the throne. Independent of God. And folks, that is a heart that is inconsistent, inconsistent with the heart of the believer. Inconsistent. The faith that is in the believer's heart is after God and that's not what you see here. And you say, well, we would never say that. We would never do that. But folks, our actions speak louder than our words. Our actions speak louder than our words. Pride is inconsistent with the nature and the characteristic of the family of God. It's just not in our DNA. It's a a foreign substance on the cellular level that has come in and it has corrupted the heart and is then seen. And it might not be seen at first. It might take some time, but it eventually will come out. And it is a deadly sin. 
deadly sin to his spiritual life. Can we lose our salvation? No. No, but we examine that heart and we begin to see that's not really the heart of the believer. And you have to begin then to, to question. And again, we've all tested positive. It all started with Adam in, in the garden, didn't it? And in his rebellion against God, I will do it my own way. I, I'm going to eat from the tree. I want to do what I want to do, independent of God. And that's pride. Of course, then it passed on. Now, let's just by way of application. Pride can be hidden just below the surface in the heart. And it's dangerous because it becomes then a, a threat to our own salvation. Or really, the better way to say it, it, it's demonstrating a heart that that really doesn't even love God. That's what it's demonstrating. And when we're examining our heart, we have to say, do I love God? Or is this heart just stemming from pride? Has there ever been a time in my life that I've submitted myself to God? That's a good question. And you have to look at it honestly. If you have not submitted yourself and your will to God, folks, then you are being governed by self. You're being governed by self. And that's the danger. And Paul would encourage us to examine ourselves. Now, so what is pride? It's an exaggerated opinion of ourselves, not facing reality. And it's essentially dethroning God. Taking God off the throne, putting me on the throne. Another question that we need to answer is, what are some of the symptoms? What does it look like? See, we see it's a heart disease and, and it comes out. What does it look like when it comes out? Let me give you a whole list, a whole list of things. Now, I want to break the, the list down into, into two categories, though. The first category is just the obvious. You see the dramatic outward appearance of pride. Some people like just because they're they they are successful, and so uh, they just want the appearance of success. Sometimes just the appearance of success. Maybe they might not even be successful. Just the appearance. That, that's what it is. It's just they're dramatic, puffed up, haughty eyes. Those terms have already been used. So the dramatic. If you look at your the front of your bulletin, that's what you see there. This man, one is trophies, patting himself, and he's just full of pride. That's the obvious. You might see it, and you could see the list there if you squint really, really tiny. You would see entitlement. It's entitlement. It's ingratitude. You, you see rebellion in there. I will do it my way. You, you see presumption in Matthew chapter 4. Oh, jump off and God will catch you. He'll send His angels to catch you. That's just pride. I want to do it my way. It's presuming upon God. I, I'm not going to be served. I'm not going to be the servant. I'm not going to be kicked around. And allow, I want to be served. But we know... Now, that's all the dramatic. That's all of the, the obvious ways. But we know it goes deeper than that. If you go to the doctor, he, he may check your temperature and he, he may say, well, this is a high-grade fever or this is a low-grade fever. Sometimes that, that pride comes out and it's just flaring. It's, it's inflamed. But sometimes that pride is just under the surface and it's kind of a low-grade fever and, and it's always there. So, so you have some, and, and we'll kind of broaden it out to, to some uh, sins that are based upon pride within the, based upon pride in the heart. There's elements, essentially, folks, there's elements of pride in every sin. 
Every sin has an element of pride. That's what it is. It's a rebellion against God. That's what sin is. It's independence of God and it's bringing attention to myself. I'm on the throne. And Jesus warned us. He, he's, he has these um, warned us of the scribes and the Pharisees. And these men would take righteous acts and turn them into acts of pride, prayer. And they would pray, oh, Lord, thank you that I'm not like this scum, right? Or Christ would warn, don't go into uh, your fasting, you know, putting makeup on it. And in just dramatic way, it's all it is is getting attention to self. And again, it's pride. That's hypocrisy. That's self-righteousness. Self-abasing. Uh, it's a false humility. It's the appearance of righteousness. That's exactly what the scribes and the Pharisees were doing. If you look in the Old Testament, that you see that Abraham's wife passed away. He was uh, negotiating some land. He was talking with, uh, with these men that owned the land. He was going to bury his wife. And they said, oh, what's money? What's money between you and, and us? We're friends. You know, what's money? Well, maybe just a little bit. And they were really operating on a, a heart of pride there, but they wanted appear to be, appear to be righteous. Prayerlessness. Have you ever thought about that? Prayerlessness is declaring our independence. Lord, I don't need you. I don't, I don't need to be dependent upon you in prayer. I can be independent. Fault finding. Just always condemning other people, looking down at other people, being harsh. Spirit, critical spirit, I know best. Let me tell you what is best. Superficiality. The heart of not, not really getting to the heart of anything. Just being superficial about your life. Just appearance, externals. Defensiveness. Desperation for attention. It's really coming from a heart of pride. Me, me, me. Self. Neglecting others even. But let me give you the last one there. I want us to think about this. This is fearfulness. Fearfulness is really coming from a heart of pride. If you turn over to Matthew chapter 14, there's a story that's told. The disciples were out in the boat one time. And the wind whips up and it, it kind of scares them, of course. And the waves are, are coming and tossing the boat here and there, and all of a sudden, they see Christ. They see Christ walking on the water. And, of course, it scares them a little bit. And Peter says uh, in verse 28, Matthew chapter 14, verse 28, he says, Lord, if it is you, command me to come out to you on the water. And he said, come. And Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water. Now, he is exercising faith. This is a wonderful thing. This is good. He's exercising. He's walking on the water. He comes to uh, court, toward Jesus, and and it says, "But seeing the wind, he became frightened and began to sink. And he cried out, Lord, save me!' And immediately the Lord stretched out his hands and took hold of him. And he said to him, "You, um, you of little faith, why do you doubt?" Now, now listen. I always wondered. Why in the world with sweet little Jesus, sweet Jesus who is always trying to encourage people and is uh, nice 
and is gracious and kind and loving, why would why would that Jesus criticize Peter at this particular moment? And he's he's exercising more faith than those guys who stayed in the boat, right? Listen, folks, that's the Jesus of our own making. That's not the real Jesus. The real Jesus, he confronted even that little sin in that heart. Now, that's harsh. It sounds a little harsh, but that's the reality because Jesus knew that's what Peter struggled with more than anything. That pride, that pride was going to be what kills Peter. That independent and his spirit need to be broken. He needed to submit himself. And here's what was going on. Peter's focus got off of Christ and onto himself. Peter's focus got off of Christ and onto the circumstances. And Peter, Peter knew within himself, I can't stand on this water. At least not in this glassy sea or this turbulent sea. If it was smooth, maybe I could do it. And maybe a little puffed up. I don't know exactly what was in Peter's heart, but he began to sink. And Jesus saw this opportunity. Listen, you're lacking faith. You're doing it on your own. You're becoming independent of me. Look at me. So you're getting the picture. You see the symptoms here. Beginning to see. And you're beginning to be able to evaluate yourself. So let's apply these things. Let's look at some application Pride can be just under the surface. So we have to examine. It has to be exposed. And so you have to ask yourself, in what way, folks, in what way do you act independently of God? In what way are you acting in pride? And what are you doing that God would say, where is your faith? And number two, another question is, are you honest with yourself? Have you ever looked under the microscope and, and looked at your own heart and said, you know what? I see pride. I see what the Bible says about pride. I can identify it. And I look at my own life and I see that, that pride. And you put two and two together and face reality and say, I am testing positive for pride. It takes some examination. Or, or do you make excuses for yourself? Do you make excuses for your actions? Maybe even in your own mind, do you justify your own actions to yourself or maybe to other people? Do you justify yourself? Oh, it's just because of this, just because of, just because of that. Where is it that you see an elevated view of yourself? I know that these days that women would, would have a hard time in our culture today because of this push for Women dominance and women independence and there's there's some good elements in that. But we have to be careful, don't we? Because it's just elevating self, elevating self. Look at me. I want the attention. I want the leadership. I want the dominance. How often do you pray, Lord, expose my heart? Do you see the world is revolving around you and your life? When you do you get angry when things don't go your way? Um, do you see others as there for you? Listen, those are symptoms of pride. Maybe a low-grade fever of pride, but it's a heart that's, that's eaten up with pride. The symptoms are sometimes elevated, sometimes just below the surface. 
low-grade fever, but, but there's going to be symptoms. So then the real question, the final question, we won't spend too much time here, but what do you do about it? What's the cure? What's the cure for this disease of pride? I want you to turn over to Proverbs chapter 20 and verse 5. And, and we're going to look at this. I, we can read the, the verse, uh, chapter 11, verse 2 again. He says, when pride comes, then comes dishonor, but with humility is wisdom. So he's given us an indication here. Pride versus humility. That's what the cure is ultimately is humility. And that comes, when humility comes, then wisdom can start. But Proverbs chapter 20, verse 5 says this. A plan in the heart of a man is deep water, but a man of understanding draws it out. Now, the word plan there is the word counsel. We might use the word self-talk. His, his conversation within his own head, what he's, what he's telling himself. And essentially, it's getting down to the motives of his heart, the reasoning that he's doing things. And it says here that it's deep water. Sometimes you don't even know your own motives, right? You don't even know why you did this. It was a reaction. And many times, folks, it can be pride that, that does that. And we have to examine. And what he says here, but a man of understanding draws it out. A wise man is going to, why did I think that way? And the, the picture is of going to a well and putting down the rope with a bucket in it and getting that water. It's, it may be deep, but he's going to draw it out. It may take some time, but he's going to draw it out. And that takes Understanding, a man of understanding. Why is he understanding? Because he wants to see reality. Why did I do that? And that's the imagery here. You have to prepare for that, right? It, it takes time. You have to think. There's some processes here. There's some focus, de- deliberate, intentional. I'm going to examine my own heart. Why did I say that? There has to be a rope and a bucket. There has to be some tools. You have to have the objective standard of the Word of God. And you begin to ask yourself the question, why did I say that? Why did I say it in that way? Why did I give that person that look when she said that? Or why did I react in this way? Could it be jealousy? Could it be uh, impatience? Could it be laziness or bitterness or, or lust? Or, or could it be pride? That's at the heart of that reaction. There's a symptom there. And we begin to realize we are leaning on our own understanding and not God's understanding. We begin to realize that, that we want our own way and, and not God's given responsibilities. We begin to realize what we're doing the way we want to do it instead of being dependent upon God. And there's no humility there at all. In fact, we're acting independent of God. Self, self, self is just bubbling over. It's bubbling over. Now let's go back to the example of Peter. Peter, if he had examined himself at that moment, Christ asked him, where's your faith, Peter? At that moment, who were you depending on? At that moment, what was in your heart? Were you acting on that pride? And I think that's what you would see. I think Peter would was 
acting by faith in Peter. That's where his faith was. It wasn't in Christ. It was his faith was in Peter. And he was keeping himself on the water. And he began to realize, I can't do it on my own. And he cries out. His focus goes back to, goes back to Christ. The answer, the key, the cure to pride is what? Brokenness. Facing our own pride. Seeing it in your heart. Seeing the reality, having a, a clear understanding, getting down to the deep um, understanding of your heart and saying, why did I say it that way? What's going on in my heart? Why am I reacting in that way? And it's just an honest understanding. And that's the key word, an understanding of self. And I think, folks, when you get an understanding of self, it's going to break you. You're going to see stuff you don't want to see. And it's going to hurt. And it's going to be humbling. You're going to begin to realize, I can't do this. And I think that's the whole point of Peter's little excursion there. He began to realize, Lord, I need you. I cannot be one moment, one thought away from dependence upon you. And it takes humility. It takes humility. Submitting my will to God. Not my will, but your will be done. Now, let's just apply this quickly. Humility is not very popular today. We want to see power. We want to see those young bucks in there and promoting self and pushing. And we want to see that. This is, that's the world that we, we are in. We, we don't like humility. Humility tends to show weakness. It doesn't. It's not. But that's what it tends to show. Can you point to a time in your life that you've been broken before God? Can you point to a time in, in your life that you've dealt with the reality of your own sinfulness and your own pride? And then another question to ask yourself, does, does humility appeal to you? Do you see that and you say, that person has been broken? That person is yielding to God. Do you see the danger in pride? Do you see it as a dishonor? Do you see it as a dishonor? Do you, do you say to yourself, I want a cure? Or do you say to yourself, no, I kind of like me the way I am. I'm not going to submit. I don't need humility. Listen. Pride dishonors the glory of God. And a proud heart is inconsistent, folks. It's inconsistent for those who claim the name of Christ. Do you see pride? Can you identify it? If you're looking under the magnifying of your own heart and you see the reality of Scripture and you pull the two together, can you identify, yes, there's pride there that I need to get rid of? I think repentance is the first step. Brokenness, reality of your own sinfulness. And then a submitting of your will, not my will, Lord, but your will be done. Christ taught us to pray that. In conclusion, let me just remind us of, of this passage that was read to us earlier. This last little verse, he says, and he told you, he has told you, O oh man, what is good. Here's what's good. And what does the Lord require of you? But to do justice and to love kindness and to walk what? Humbly before the Lord. Humbly before the Lord. That wild horse has to be broken before it can be used. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank You for Your Word. 
We thank you for the clarity in your word in warning us, Lord, about this danger of pride. Lord, may we examine our own self. May we see it. Lord, it may take some digging down. We may have to drill down maybe deeper than our surface thoughts that so often clouds our, our minds. Lord, may we dig down and find out what is motivating me. Where is this sinfulness coming from? And then, Lord, may we respond in kind. Lord, may it humble us. May it break us. May it shame us. That To the point that we say, we want to get rid of this. And then, Lord, may we love humility. May we see humility as a wonderful thing, a, a submission to, to you, and yielding our own will to your will. Father, may this be so in our life. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.